your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 430 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Who are this season's top 50 NHL players? Find out on the Locked On NHL podcast. Joe DiBiase, Mike DiStefano, and Rachel Donner reveal the top 50 players as voted on by our local experts across the Locked On NHL network of podcasts. Subscribe to the Locked On NHL podcast on YouTube and turn your notifications on so that you never miss an episode. And what we're going to do today is bring back a segment that we went through in the last offseason. It's something that I think a lot of you guys kind of liked, so we're bringing it back. We're going to do it right up to the start of the Rangers regular season this year, and that is going to be our best case and worst case scenario series. And for anybody that missed this last year, anybody that might need a little bit of a refresher, basically what it is, I'm going to take the 20 players that I will believe that I believe will be on the Rangers opening night roster, and I'm going to take a look at them all one by one. We're going to spread this out over a couple of different episodes. Take a look at the worst case scenario as well as the best case scenario for every single player. Like I said, the 20 guys that I believe will be on the opening night roster. We might even do a couple of bonus uh, episodes as well, or a couple of bonus players, I should say. Um, you know, kind of taking a look at guys that I don't think will be out there on opening night, but guys that could end up playing a role at some point for the Rangers. Uh, you know, maybe they're a healthy scratch one night, and then they're in the lineup, or maybe they start the season in the AHL. They eventually get called up. Uh, we'll see. We'll go one by one here, uh, just right through the Ranger roster, and we'll start once again with the 20 players that I believe will be out there on opening night. And what we're going to do today, we're going to take our time with this. We're going to spread this out, like I said, over the offseason. And we're going to start with the top line, or at least what I believe could, maybe even should, maybe even would be the Rangers' uh, top line to start the season here. And just so I can kind of reveal the three names here, it's going to be Mika Zibanejad centering Alexi Lafreniere and Capo Caco. And they might line up that way. They might choose to go with some kind of a different combination. But for the purposes of this exercise, I'm not going to get too crazy with the line combos. I'm going to go with, I think, what logically makes some sense. And like I said, those are the three players we're going to start with. And we will start with Alexi Lafreniere, who is one of the players on this list who I believe has probably as much of a range between the worst case scenario and best case scenario as maybe just about any player on this roster. I mean, he's definitely up there in terms of uh, his floor versus his ceiling. Uh, But let's go ahead and start by talking about his stats from this past season. He played all 56 games for the Rangers, scored 12 goals, picked up nine assists, 21 points, a minus seven overall, 43 hits, and 11 blocked shots. And I think in a worst case scenario, we basically get more of what we got from this last season, and that is flashes of what Alexi Lafreniere is capable of, but certainly also some inconsistencies. And, you know, kind of a season where he teases you a little bit, you think he's going to get hot, and then it just never really materializes. And the consistency just still isn't there for Alexi Lafreniere, who is still just 19 years old, it must be said. And I think also in a worst-case scenario, there could be a situation where Alexi Lafreniere just gets off to a little bit of a slow start this season as he did this past season, and he ends up getting moved down the lineup. You know, I have him right here on the first line at left wing to start the season, but if we get into, 
you know, seven, eight, nine games into the season and Lafreniere has like no points or one point or two points and he's just not the most noticeable player out there and he's not taking advantage of being on a line with Mika Zibanejad, who I believe will still be that top line center, then there could be a situation where he ends up getting dropped down uh, the lineup and out of the top six. I don't think that will happen. You know, Gerard Gallant in his introductory presser spoke about the importance of not doing that to some of your young, skilled, developing players, not playing guys like Lafreniere, Capo Caco on the fourth line. And I definitely agree there. That's not going to do them any favors. That will do nothing but stunt their development. But in a worst case, you know, I think it's possible that Lafreniere starts this season on the top line and the points in production just aren't there. And, you know, once you get into a week into the season, two weeks into the season, three weeks into the season, if the production still isn't there, there could be a situation where we see Alexi Lafreniere fall down to the third line. I, I don't think he'll be on the fourth line in basically any scenario whatsoever. I just don't see the point in that at all. But yeah, I think it's at least conceivable that if he gets off to another slow start, you see him drop down to maybe like the third line or so. Um, maybe... By then, he's even removed from the power play unit because I get the feeling we're going to see a little bit more of Alexi Lafreniere on the power play this this season. And checking the stats from this past year, this kind of blew my mind. I mean, look, I know that the Rangers' top power play unit got the vast majority of the ice time and that Alexi Lafreniere was not on that top power play unit, but Lafreniere did not have a single point on the man advantage this past season. And in a worst-case scenario, you know, maybe he starts the season maybe even on the top Ranger power play unit, or maybe on, at the very minimum, the second power play unit, and he ends up getting dropped entirely from the power play if he's just not producing out there. I don't think that'll happen, but I suppose if we're doing worst-case scenario, which is what we're doing here, you could see uh, something like that manifest. And I think also in a worst-case scenario for Lafreniere, Look, when you're drafted super high, you know, first pick, second pick, third pick, whatever it might be, you're always going to be linked to the players who were drafted, you know, just in front of you, just behind you. And in Alexi Lafreniere's case, you know, I think in a worst case scenario, maybe he gets off to another slow start and maybe guys like Quentin Byfield and Timmy Stutzla, who were drafted second and third after Alexi Lafreniere, and they play for the Kings and Senators respectively, those guys get off to hot starts because those comparisons are always going to be there and... I don't know. I, I think maybe at that point, maybe there's a little bit more pressure on Lafreniere to to pick it up a little bit if guys like Quentin Byfield and Timmy Stutzla are, uh, you know, they, they hit the ground running and they're putting up points for both of their teams. I think in a best case scenario, and I think this is more likely to happen, I think, you know, whatever happens with Lafreniere this season, I think it's going to end up being quite a bit closer to a best case scenario situation that we're about to lay out here than the worst case scenario situation, which we just talked about. But in a best case scenario, Lafreniere explodes. He just goes off. Uh, he's ready to hit the ground running this year. He has adjusted to the speed of the NHL game. He got valuable experience under his belt in his rookie season, and now he's ready to go. I think in another best-case scenario is that Lafreniere, his name starts to come up a little bit in the captaincy discussion. Now, I don't expect this to happen. I definitely don't think going into this season that they're going to slap the C on 19-year-old Alexi Lafreniere when you've got guys that are, you know, 5, 10, 15 years older than him on this team. The fact that, again, Lafreniere is just entering his second season, and I think if you make him the captain, you know, you're putting a lot of pressure on him, and unnecessarily so. I think there are better chances than Lafreniere, but I would at least throw it out as a possibility where maybe, you know, the Rangers, maybe they even go one more season without a captain, which I would not do. I would name a captain if I'm Gerard Gallant and this coaching staff. But if they go another season without a captain, I think that opens the door a little bit for Alexi Lafreniere to maybe become the Ranger captain going into the following season. So I would at least throw it out there as a possibility. 
I think, uh, you know, in another best-case scenario, he's going to add some physicality to his game. Now, I don't expect Alexi Lafreniere to be Ryan Reeves out there, uh, but we heard, you know, going into the draft when it was becoming pretty certain that the Rangers were going to select him at number one overall, that Alexi Lafreniere is far from just a skills guy. He's got some grit to his game. Dare I say, even maybe a little bit of nastiness to his game. And we saw it in flashes this past season. He did score a couple of blue-collar goals last season, particularly in the second half of last season. But we want to see it a little bit more consistently this season. And I think now, once again, that he's got an entire uh, campaign under his belt that he'll pick up the physicality a little bit this year as well and make people know that he's out there and uh, be aware of him uh, when he's on the ice. And I think in another best-case scenario... He scores a goal on opening night because we talked about how he got off to a slow start this past season. Lafreniere did not get his first NHL point until the seventh game of this past season. That was his overtime winner against Buffalo. So he did so in dramatic fashion, but it took him quite a while, his seventh game to be exact. And he didn't get his second point until the 16th game of last season. He scored another goal in that instance. I want to say it was against the Capitals, but I'll have to go back and, and check that out for sure. Uh, but let's see Alexi Lafreniere get off to a good start. That's exactly what happens in a best-case scenario. I think if I could pick one player to score a goal on opening night, it would either be Alexi Lafreniere or Capo Caco because both of those guys are under the microscope, and I think both of them, as much as any player on this team, could really use a good start this season. So in a best-case scenario... And let me throw this out there as well. I think Lafreniere could be a point-per-game player or at least approaching point-per-game status. Again, when you consider the fact that he's going to be in a more prominent role this season, likely playing alongside Mika Zibanejad, and just the skills that he has and the fact that he's already got uh, an NHL season under his belt, I think that bodes well for him. I think he could push to maybe a point-per-game player in a best-case scenario, and that will alleviate a lot of concerns that Ranger fans have if you're a little bit underwhelmed by the stats that he put up uh, during his rookie season. And I think, you know, we, we touched on this briefly just a second ago, but in a best case scenario, Lafreniere will lock up a spot as a prominent member of the Ranger power play unit because Pavel Buchnevich is gone. So that opens up the door a little bit. And I think you're probably looking at a top power play unit of Mika Zibanejad, Artemi Panera, Adam Fox. Those three guys are absolute locks to be out there on the top power play unit, I would think. And then beyond that, I would say maybe you throw Ryan Strom and Chris Kreider out there, but I think it's certainly within the realm of possibility that Lafreniere could eventually jump either Strom or Kreider and be out there on the top power play unit. And man, now he's out there with Fox and he's out there with Zibanejad and he's out there with Panarin and Lookout because Lafreniere could uh, light the world on fire at that point. But I think, you know, even if that does not happen, I, I think maybe to start the season, the Rangers will go with the five guys that I mentioned, Zibanejad, Panarin, Fox, Strom, Kreider, and maybe Lafreniere is on the second unit. But I think in a best case scenario, very, very conceivable that Lafreniere, uh, not too long into the season, could jump one of those guys in the pecking order, you know, could emerge past Ryan Stromer or Chris Kreider and become a huge, huge part of the Ranger power play unit. And we're going to keep going right along here and continuing to talk about the other Rangers that make up what I think will be the first line to start the season. But first, I just wanted to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Fantrax. All right, hockey fans. Now, I'm going to give you the inside track on fantasy hockey. It's Fantrax. Fantrax's free NHL Fantasy Hockey League Manager is the most customizable, easy-to-use, and feature-rich platform in the industry. Sign up for free today, and as a special offer for you Locked On Ranger fans, you'll be entered to win an official NHL-signed Nathan McKinnon jersey. Simply go to Fantrax.com slash Locked On and sign up. The top dynasty fantasy hockey platform in the industry, Fantrax is the most customizable fantasy platform, offering the greatest fantasy experience for your dynasty, keeper, redraft, and best ball leagues. 
Go deep with the Ultimate Keeper and Dynasty Leagues. Create a simple redraft league or even a customizable best ball league with up to 2,000 teams. Simply go to Fantrax.com slash locked on and sign up today. That's Fantrax.com slash locked on. Fantrax, the home of fantasy sports. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is also brought to you by DirecTV. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for all the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part? There's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. And so we're just going to keep moving right along here with the rest of the Rangers top line, or at least what I believe probably could and, and maybe even will be uh, their top line to start the season here. And we got to go to our guy, Mika Zibanejad. Now, Mika coming off of a very interesting season. He played all 56 games for the Rangers, scored 24 goals, also picked up 26 assists. He was a plus two overall, 75 hits, 44 block shots, and a 46% success rate on the dot. Now, his stats were no doubt hampered by the simple fact that he had COVID. He said as much when the season ended. If you guys remember, Mika Zibanejad struggled mightily at the start of this past season to the point where you couldn't even recognize him out there. He was a ghost night in and night out, and... He admitted, he didn't admit it during the season, but once the season was over, he pretty much said, yeah, you know, that definitely affected me. And it was very easy to see, you know, after long, it's just like, what is going on with this guy? And it became pretty apparent that he was suffering some ill effects from having COVID. And second half of the season, completely different story. Mika Zibanejad was right back to being the player that we all know and love, the player that he was the season before. And his stats, you know, he approached point per game territory by the end of the season, thanks in large part, enormous part, to having a fantastic second half. But his stats the season prior, and I think this is where Mika's stats will be about, you know, this this upcoming season. They'll be pretty comparable to where they were two seasons ago. But the season before, I mean, just crazy numbers, 56 games, 41 goals, 34 assists, so 75 points in just 57 games. He beat his career high of 74 points the season prior, despite playing in 25 fewer games. He also had 51 hits, 49 block shots, and a 49% success rate in the face-off circle. So I think in a worst-case scenario, we're looking at a situation where Mika is either traded before the season. I, I don't think that'll happen, but I have to at least throw it out there as a possibility. Or he ends up kind of a lame duck if the Rangers and Mika himself are not able to hammer out a new contract. Because... There have been reports that the Rangers and Mika are trying to work something out, an extension that will take him past this upcoming season. He, of course, is a free agent at the end of this upcoming season if there is not an extension agreed upon uh, between now and then. Uh, so it's at least possible that he comes back and just plays out the last year of his deal, and that'll be that, and he'll be on his way in free agency. I have been adamant on here that the Rangers need to keep Mika Zibanejad in the fold, but it's not something that I take lightly either. Uh, you can't just give him a blank check. you got to come up with a deal that is either a bit shorter and has a higher average annual value, or, I like this one better, by the way, you give him a longer-term deal and you do it for less average annual value. And if 
it's, say, a seven-year extension, then that would only take Mika up to his age 35 season. So even in that case, it's not like Mika's going to be totally ancient by the time the deal is up. He might be slowing down a little bit by then, but at least you're not paying an astronomical amount of money because you've given him more years for fewer dollars per year. And you also got to remember, this is seven years into the future. So by then, the flat cap is going to be gone, and the salaries will probably once again be on the rise. And I don't think Mika is going to be you know, having this albatross of a contract that's absolutely killing the Rangers. But I think in a worst-case scenario, the Rangers and Mika simply can't get anything done, and they either trade him before or during the season due to their inability to get something done, and they want to get something back in return for him rather than lose him as a free agent and get nothing for him. Or there could be a situation where, you know, maybe the Rangers really reach for Mika. Maybe they really go overboard. They give him a ton of years, a ton of money. And even then, you know, I, again, I've been adamant that I want the Rangers to re-sign him. But I, it shouldn't be a blank check. There has to be some kind of a limit on it. You can't just give him every little thing that he wants. So I don't want the Rangers to completely overextend themselves either. And one of those two things could happen in a worst-case scenario. But, man, we're talking about Mika's worst-case scenario. And what haven't I even mentioned yet? Yeah, his on-ice performance. Because... Quite frankly, I don't think there's anything to be worried about when it comes to what Mika Zibanejad is going to do on the ice. He has been a top 20 player in this league easily, easily over the last two years. And if you break the last two years into quadrants, you know, like split both seasons in half, the only season where he did not perform like a bona fide perennial all-star player was the first half of the season that just concluded. And as we already mentioned, that was because of COVID. So I don't think there's anything to worry about as far as Mika Zibanejad's on-ice productivity. I think that the points are going to be there and he's going to be the player that we've all grown to know and love. And that's pretty much going to be that. You can just pencil in Mika Zibanejad on that top line every night and just not really have to give it much of a second thought. I think also maybe in a worst case scenario, there could be a situation where he misses Pavel Buchnevich a little bit because they connected on some beautiful goals. And of course, you know, the Rangers, they shuffled the deck every now and then over the last past few seasons. But for the most part, Mika and, and Pavel Buchnevich were, were together on that top line for pretty much all of it, all of these past two seasons. So obviously they had some great chemistry and it's at least possible that you know, the Rangers in general, but also more specifically Mika Zibanejad, might end up missing Pavel Buchnevich this next season. But we're going to talk about Mika Zibanejad's best case scenario in just a second, and we will also get into best and worst case scenarios for Capo Caco. But before I do that, I just want to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning like, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? And wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on his computer, choosing the only brand his warehouse just so happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you could possibly need. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts that your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is also brought to you by Built Bar. Did you know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors? There is something for everyone. When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their favorites. If you don't know the Built Bar flavors, well, you're missing out. 
coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, and German chocolate. You know what my favorite is? It's mint brownie because brownies are awesome and you put a healthy spin on it and you can pretty much sign me up all day every day. But if you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mix box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Not only are Built Bars the best tasting, but they're healthy too. 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only four to five grams of sugar, and only four to five grams of net carbs. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, and as promised, let's go ahead and talk about some of the fun stuff here, the best-case scenario for Mika Zibanejad for this upcoming season with the New York Rangers. In a best-case scenario, Mika Zibanejad gives us Ranger fans the best season of his life. I really don't think that's out of the realm of possibility uh, for several reasons. For starters, he's still just 28 years old, and to me, that means he's right smack dead in the middle of the prime of his career. I think that's right around when Hockey players are are typically at their best right around that age range. You know, getting into your mid to late 20s, uh, that's when a lot of these guys are typically at their best. I think another reason that he could give us the best season of his career, the team around him has improved. You look at some of the draft picks that the Rangers have made. There's a lot of young players uh, that have just tremendous upside. They brought in some guys via free agency that have helped a little bit as well. Uh, You look at what Adam Fox has done over these past few seasons. Ke'Andre Miller, I think, is going to add some offense to his game. This team, there's so many players on this team that are just getting better and better and better that I think it's at the point that if Mika Zibanejad just kind of stays at the same level that he's been at, that by proxy, his numbers will still go up. And at the end of the season, you'll see Mika Zibanejad have the best season of his career. Whether you just go by the eye test or whether you go by point totals, I think in both of those aspects, he could give you the best season that we've ever seen him have. I think that is certainly at least possible for this next season. And here's a little bit of a wild card. There's always potential for him and Artemi Panarin to play on the same line together. You could just super stack that top line or whatever you want to call it. Uh, But you could put Panarin and Zibanejad together on the Rangers' top line. I have not been the biggest fan of this idea simply because I've always liked the idea of Panarin and Zibanejad playing on different lines because what that does is it gives four different other Ranger forwards the opportunity to play with a bona fide superstar. Two different guys get to play with Mika. Two different guys get to play with Artemi Panarin. And when you look at the numbers that Panarin and Zibanejad have put up over the past couple of seasons here, how much better are they even going to get playing together? You know, I mean, at some point, I think everybody hits their limit. You know, at some point, there's a limit on how many points you can possibly get in one season. But I'm at least a little bit more open to this idea of stacking the top line because as we mentioned a second ago, The Rangers are a deeper team now than they've been for, I would say, either of the past two seasons overall, and if you do put them on the same line, it's not to the detriment of the team like it would have been, say, last year or two years ago, where the Rangers just didn't have the depth, and I think you needed to kind of spread the wealth, so to speak, and have Panarin and Zibanejad on different lines to kind of balance out the lineup a little bit. Now, obviously, if you put them on the same line, it could hurt the team a little bit, but I think there's enough talent there that you can get by with that. You can get by with a top line of, say, uh, Panarin and Zibanejad and probably Kako would be the right winger there, and there's still enough talent left over that you can still feel good about you know the scoring prowess of your second line and hopefully your third line as well. So that option, again, I would still keep them on different lines, but I'm at least a little bit more open to the idea than I've been in the past, and if they do put them together, 
that would only help Mika Zibanejad as well. As crazy as his numbers have been over these past couple of seasons, they'd probably get a little bit of an uptick because now he's out there with, you know, one of the best two or three or four players in the NHL in Artemi Panarin. And I think in a best-case scenario for Mika Zibanejad, he signs on the dotted line this offseason. He gets that extension that he wants. Uh, Mika has talked openly about how much he likes to play in New York, how much he likes being a Ranger, and he's basically in control of his own destiny because clearly there is interest on both sides here. The Rangers are interested in keeping him in the fold, so would the Rangers ask Mika Zibanejad to take a little bit of a hometown discount? Would Mika be willing to do so? I think in a best-case scenario, Mika just gets it done, and then he doesn't have to play out this last season as kind of a lame-duck Ranger and somebody whose future is uncertain. He can sign on the dotted line with the Rangers. There's obviously some interest both ways. If they can get it done, uh, then he doesn't have to worry about his future. He's here for the long haul, and he's part of you know what obviously could be a very, very good Ranger team going forward. I think also in a best-case scenario, Mika Zibanejad... You know, this is the best case for Mika. Uh, he is named the captain going into this upcoming season because I think he's definitely still in the mix. It's wide open. There's a lot of different players on this team you can make a case for as far as being the captain is concerned, and we'll get into that in a future episode. We'll probably dedicate an entire episode to that, just looking at the candidates for the Ranger captaincy. Uh, but for now, I'll just say I think he's in the mix for it, and in a best-case scenario for Mika, he indeed gets the C going into this next season. And I think this might be the biggest one of all. In a best-case scenario, Mika Zibanejad elevates Capo Caco and Alexi Lafreniere. It is possible that he lines up to start the season between these two players, and we'll see what happens. That stuff can always fluctuate as the season progresses. But if Mika can get the most out of Lafreniere and Caco right out of the starting blocks and kind of be the big brother and set them up for some high-danger scoring chances, that is one of the biggest things that Mika Zibanejad could possibly do for the New York Rangers going into this season. Getting Capo Caco and Alexi Lafreniere to that next level. So I, I'm very bullish on Mika. I hope something gets done. Uh, we'll see, but we do have to move along here to Capo Caco, rounding out the top line here. Uh, last season, 48 games, 9 goals, 8 assists. He was a plus 3, 14 hits, and 16 block shots. His rookie season, 10 goals, 13 assists, 23 points in 66 games, and was a minus 26 overall. So his plus minus clearly jumped uh, quite a bit this last season. Bit of a flawed stat, but it's hard not to notice uh, a jump that significant. I think in a worst case scenario for Capo Caco, we sort of get, it's a little bit similar to Lafreniere, although Caco's going into his third year, whereas Lafreniere's only going into his second. But we get a little bit more of the same this past season. He gets a couple points here and there. There's games where he looks dangerous. There's games where he, you know, looks like he's going to take off. There's little stretches where it looks like he's going to take off, and it just doesn't happen, and that inconsistency continues to kind of plague him for this upcoming season. I think, again, like Lafreniere, in a worst-case scenario for Kako, he falls out of the top six early in the season. Uh, look, he's going to have to produce to stay there, and the fact that Pavel Buchnevich is gone would seemingly open the door for Kako, and it would seemingly give him a little bit more rope. But if it's not clicking with Capo Kako on the top line, then maybe he slides out of the top six, and maybe he's jumped by guys like Vitaly Kravtsov. Uh, maybe the Rangers do something where Kreider moves from the left wing to the right wing, and he's the second-line right winger now, and, you know, Kako's kind of the odd man out when it comes to the top six. Uh, but, listen, I think Kako could and should have every chance to stake his claim to a big role, but if it's not happening, if something's not clicking early in the season and the Rangers are struggling to score goals and he's nowhere to be found, then sooner or later some adjustments will have to be made. Uh, something else, and I don't think this will happen, but there could be a situation where maybe some of the Ranger fans start to get frustrated and they start to turn on Capo Caco if he's not playing well at the beginning of the season. Now, again, I don't think that'll happen. Ranger fans usually don't do that. Ranger fans don't usually boo their own guys. They'll let the opposition hear it, but they don't boo their own guys. But, you know, when someone gets booed, if it's a member of the Rangers, it's usually, you know, a high-priced free agent, 
somebody that was brought in from another team and it's just not working out. If you guys remember, Mark Messier actually heard some boos before the Stanley Cup run in 1993-1994. Uh, Merrick Malik heard it from the fans. I think fans were tired of him not playing physical, despite him being very big. I can remember Michael Roosevelt getting booed a little bit toward the end of his Ranger tenure. Uh, but rarely do Ranger fans boo their own homegrown guys. The guys that the team drafted, the guys that, you know, are kind of developing through the Ranger system. And I don't think it would happen to Capo Caco either. But certainly you can understand, like, if Capo Caco is not producing this season, we get to halfway through the season and he's got seven points, uh, Ranger fans are going to start to get a little bit frustrated and they're going to start to wonder, like, okay, what's going on here? Uh, is this guy going to be the player that we thought he was going to be or not? So I think that pretty much wraps it up for all the worst case scenarios uh, that can possibly be concede for Capo Caco, and of course, we hope that none of them come to fruition, but now let, let's once again uh, conclude with the best-case scenario. In a best-case scenario, we Ranger fans forget all about Pavel Buchnevich, and I'm not taking a shot at Buchnevich. He was one of my favorite players when he was here, and I wish him nothing but the best in St. Louis. It's nice that he got out of the Eastern Conference. He didn't go to a Ranger division rival like seemingly every other former Ranger did this offseason, so Pavel Buchnevich can go to St. Louis and absolutely light it up, and I'll be happy, but I think we can all agree that Buchnevich was the Rangers' biggest loss of this offseason, and there's a chance that it could hurt this team going to this season. However, it will hurt a heck of a lot less if Capo Caco steps onto that top line, hits the ground running, and develops the kind of chemistry with Mika that Pavel Buchnevich had with Mika. And Caco goes out there and just kills it, produces at a high level. I think in a best-case scenario, Capo Caco is also the most improved player on the Rangers this season. He's got the talent. It's there. He can very easily turn this scenario into a reality, and I think something that will definitely help him, as we've been talking about, it looks like to start the season, he's going to be ticketed for a top six role, and I would imagine one way or another, listen, he's going to be out there with either Mika Zibanejad or Artemi Panarin to start the season. Both those guys are fantastic. Both of them have shown a knack for elevating players around them, and if Artemi Panarin can get the most out of guys like Ryan Strom and get the most out of guys like Colin Blackwell and Jesper Foss. And Mika Zibanejad can get the most out of some of those guys I just mentioned as well, but also guys you know like Chris Kreider and Pavel Buchnevich. I think certainly the two of them could probably get the absolute most out of Capo Caco, who probably has more natural God-given ability than anybody else that I just mentioned there. So uh, we'll see how it works, but I, I think, you know, in a best case, Cabo Caco can absolutely be the most improved player on the New York Ranger roster this season. I think in the best case, he also benefits greatly from being coached by Gerard Gallant because this is something that we've talked about in the past as well. But one of Gallant's best attributes is his ability to get the most out of his players, uh, guys with completely different skill sets. Whether you're the superstar player and you're the guy who's got a Hall of Fame trajectory and you let up the score sheet every single night, or whether you're sort of the 20th man and you're not out there for a whole lot and you're just out there to play physical and bang around in the boards and all that good stuff, uh, he can get the most out of you no matter who you are, what your skill set is. And you give Gerard Gallant a guy like Capo Caco, uh, again, with all the natural ability, all the talent in the world, I think Gallant's got to be chomping at the bit to get to work with this kid and uh, just get the absolute most out of him. And I think we'll see that happen. I think Gallant will know how to push the right buttons, how to best use Capo Caco, and how to put him in position to succeed. And I think, you know, once again, similar to Alexi Lafreniere, in a best-case scenario, Capo Caco becomes a valuable member of the power play unit, potentially on the top unit. I mean, I think he's got his work cut out for him to crack that top power play unit to start the season, but he'll at least be out there on the second unit. And, um, you know, hopefully that second power play unit becomes a little bit more noticeable this season than it was this past season. And I'll throw in one more thing as a bonus in a best case scenario here. And again, I, I think we can lump in Alexi Lafreniere here as well. Capo Caco becomes the Rangers third option in the shootout because 
We saw him score a big goal in a shootout last season. I forget who they were playing, but I mean, he made a great move and just, you know, snapped off a quick shot and scored, and the Rangers ended up winning that game. Uh, But the Rangers only went to three shootouts this past season, and you know, no matter who they're playing, what the situation is, Mika and Panarin will be two of the Rangers' three shooters in a shootout. But Tony D'Angelo used to be the third shooter, and he's obviously no longer there. So that third spot is up for the taking, whether it's Lafreniere or Kako or Kreider or anybody else. You know, maybe Adam Fox. Maybe you throw him out there in a shootout. But in a best-case scenario, Capo Kako becomes a weapon in the shootout as well. But that will pretty much do it for today, guys. This is a series that we're going to continue throughout the entire offseason here. And if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Betting on the NHL doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert, Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, Blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts.